You cannot just eat healthy and avoid your emotions. It's not going to happen. Healing is not going to happen. Healing is coming back to your wholeness, you know, and that's taking care of your temple, which is your physical in this vessel, right? Your physical realm, your body, uh, and then going into the more emotional. We heal in health and we die through dieting. You feel? Yeah, me too. Let's start the vulnerable and raw conversations needed to inspire. Let's get the experts talking to educate and motivate. Let's come together as a community to discuss what it means to be optimally human and aligned spirit. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes, and this is Let's Start Health. So welcome, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Start Health, where we start the vulnerable conversations needed to heal and inspire. I am so excited to share with you today a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Merian Sabera. <laughs> and Merian is an inner child doula, which I just absolutely love this concept. She is also a space holder for healing via cacao ceremonies and women's circles. And I'm so excited to dive into all the things. So Marianne, I would love to just hand the microphone over to you and ask if you would please introduce yourself and fill in any of the blanks that I might have left. Hi, everyone. Thanks, uh, Chelsea, for having me. I'm super excited that we can get together and just share some real vulnerable, uh, re you know, truths of our, or of our journey, you know, into healing. Um, so I think you kind of mentioned pretty much everything. Uh, I do, you know, put myself in the label, if you may, not because I want to, but I guess because you have to in this reality, um, as an inner child doula, because my mission is to help as many inner childs to be integrated, as that has been my journey into my own healing process, physical, emotional, you know, uh, spiritual, and uh, mental as well. Um, and I have come across, I'm a very shamanic kind of energy person. So I have used a lot of different medicine plants. And when I found cacao, it was like, you know, literally she spoke to me. And that's when I decided to uh, hear the call and become a cacao cer ceremonialist. I think that's how you said in English. And, uh, and just hold space for people who want to open their heart center and just be with themselves and just love themselves a little bit more and explore, you know, different uh, states of consciousness, right? But being conscious in the body, which is not often what you get with other plant medicines. Um, and then what else? I think you pretty much, then obviously I am a woman, I believe in sisterhood and that kind of brought me into the whole, um, creating spaces for women, like holding spaces for women to come together. Uh, because my past career has been in yachting, I have traveled a lot and uh, that has brought me into basically having a community worldwide. 
So I have been able, gratefully, and, and I mean, I, I actually think it's not luck. It's like I created it, right? So um, I have created my dream, which is basically having a global tribe and, uh, and share as much as I can with, you know, as many people as I can. I love this so much for so many reasons. First and foremost, at the time that we are recording this, I am in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and walking down the street the other day, I crossed an amazing little coffee shop that sells pure cacao. So I'll, I'm excited to dive into that conversation because before we leave here, I think I'm going to have to uh, recruit you to maybe hold space for me and I'll get some local cacao and we can maybe do a yeah. virtual one. That would be awesome. But I would love to hear a little bit, of course, for anybody listening to this, Marion and I are both, I guess, retired yacht stews. So that is part of the community that we are from here. And I would love to hear a little bit about your personal story specifically and what brought you to exploring these modalities of healing and to really facilitate that manifesting the life that you are now living. Okay, well, <laughs> long story, but um, I'll make we it have time. <laughs> so basically, I have always been the sick kid where I always had gut issues. I was always in the hospital. Uh, no matter what I ate, everything was just like always like coming out from, you know, the mouth and, and, and behind. And uh, it just really like, it just, it just didn't matter what, what I put in my mouth. It just wasn't really uh, resonating with my body. And this is like, since I was like a baby. Um, specifically, let's say it started with like the fact that I couldn't drink milk, but yet my mom kept giving me because they figure, oh, you know, the body will adjust. And of course the body adjusted to a certain level. <laughs> um, but I, so basically being sick became my normal. And, you know, when that's your normal, that's just what it is. And you just kind of go, you know, go with it. And I remember when I was like 16, you know, that you're going out and you can drive a car or whatever, uh, you know, I would like eat, because I obviously I'm, I'm with friends now and people are seeing my habits and what I'm doing. So I'm eating and after like three bites, I, I'll be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I come back and they're like, how is that even possible? And I was like, I don't know, this is just like normal. So doctors, because obviously this is something I've been to doctors too. Um, they always told me, oh, you have a really um, fast metabolism. And I always believed it. And I was like, wow, like super fast, really. <laughs> like, it comes in, it comes out. I was like, all right. A little, a little too fast for comfort. Yeah. But then it was almost like kind of weird. And then like when you're 16, 15, I think like the whole body image thing becomes really alive as well. So for me, it was like, uh, I also adopted a eating disorder at the moment. So what I was doing, because I, I love eating, <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm not going to stop eating. Like, that's not going to happen. And I hate puking. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. So, but because I was, it was so normal to have over bowel, you know, um, things going. So I was literally always on the toilet. Um, like, I'm not kidding you. Like, at least 24 hours, 24 times a day, I would go to the toilet. Wow. Yeah, that's how bad he was. For some of my clients, we're struggling to get them to go once a day. To, so to think like really right. every hour of the day, you are passing bowel movements. Yeah. yeah. So I was the opposite where I didn't have, uh, what do you call it, constipation. It was just like running. Like literally for like years, it was just runs. Like it was never like solid, nothing like that. 
Sorry for hey, like this is this so is a gut. You're speaking to a right. gut health coach, so poop is a normal <laughs> conversation in my household. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I just want your post yeah. I was like, I love that. So, um, so yeah, so then, you know, the whole body image thing happened. And then because I didn't want to uh, do the typical eating disorder thing, what I adopted was, you know, the little uh, laxative that come in chocolate, because I love chocolate, obviously. So I decided, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to eat those. And then that was even worse, because that was like doubling the time that I was in the bathroom. But with all this being said, uh, and I would eat anything I wanted. Like there was no conscious of uh, of food, you know, at the time. But what I found it was that no matter how, and I was never fat or anything like that. But no matter how much I went to the bathroom, I was bloated. Yeah, I couldn't. I wasn't really like skinny, skinny. I wasn't like healthy uh, looking. You know, it was just like kind of bloated in a sense. So that went on for years, like. Like, even into my yachting career. Like, even when I was, like, on my 20s. I'm 36 now. So, um, because then that, obviously, the whole yachting industry, that kind of kicked that. Yeah, that's a whole nother realm. So, I just, you know, <laughs> went to yeah. I went to college, the same thing, uh, eating disorder, uh, all that. And at the same time, I didn't understand at the moment, at the time, but I was also battling depression. So... Because I, how to say, it wasn't yet like triggered to an extent, you know, that I, that it was kind of like in the background, I didn't really pinpoint it as, oh, I'm depressed, you know, like, because I was still being social and I was still, you know, doing all, all these things. Right. So then college came, obviously drugs and alcohol, that was a big thing. And that's when I literally kind of went down that road because I was depressed and I really became addicted to certain things because I didn't want to deal with whatever was coming up, whether that was like cocaine or whether that was like acid or, uh, you know, weed was like a normal, like I couldn't function without weed, literally, um, because I couldn't understand like how this world <laughs> was happening. And this is where my spirituality also overlaps because spiritually I always been very spiritual but I was always I, I I was raised Catholic and in a Catholic school so it was almost like you know my belief system didn't match so it was wrong so I just kind of suppressed that as well so probably that's also part of the depression you know suppressing who you truly are um so all this is happening uh I I do in in school I do have an asset trips that have actually been really amazing for me because my spirituality really um awakened in a sense uh kind of like in the sense of my inner child came through that one time all this stuff but again i'm not conscious enough to understand all this right <laughs> so all this is happening then i am 21 i decided to go into yachting um and it just kind of spin out of control uh, because yachting allowed me to drink more, allowed me to, you know, kind of invited me that environment to just kind of out of control. And I did it for years until, uh, one day I found myself in the shower, passed out and the cabin was flooded. And for me, it was like, holy shit. Like if I don't 
get out of this, like what I'm doing, I'm going to die. Um, specifically because prior to that, to be honest, I literally woke up one morning in a hotel. I didn't know where I was. I was alone. Obviously, I wasn't alone I was at some point, And I had to Google my, myself. And for me, that was like, who this is not bueno at all. So this is kind of where things started kind of like hitting bottom rock. Uh, at that stage, prior to that, uh, I remember maybe like four years prior to that or something like that. This is like 2012. So maybe 2009, something like that. I did talk to a friend who um, obviously my farts were disgusting. And she was near me that day and she said, oh my God, I think you're lactose intolerant. It's like, literally, this is like my sister. So I said, well, yeah, that makes sense because my mom told me when I was a kid that I was lactose intolerant. So that's when I changed to non-dairy. That was massive, obviously, for my gut and for everything. But yet it wasn't enough. But it was obviously, you know, massive. So... A few years after that of being like dairy free, I think around 2000, I don't know, maybe like 2011, maybe something like that. I decided to uh, stop eating gluten and wheat and all this stuff, right? So that was also because the reason was after I um, went dairy free, I started getting numbness in my, like from here to here and working on a boat, you know, like you have to just. So I had to get up like two hours before my shift to be able to move my hands so I could actually brush my hair. Like, it was crazy. Marion, I had the same thing happen to me within the first six months of yachting. We'll have to talk about this more on the other side, but my, it would get to a point, even through the whole morning, I could not feel my arms. Yes. It was horrible, yeah. but it was, not to interrupt you, I just wanted to say the same thing happened to me in, in, my, in my personal experience. It was it was a layer of deep spiritual healing that I was going through. Mm, but yeah. 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 So this, this started happening and I was like, I went to doctors again, you know, Western and everyone was like, no, you're fine. So I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm not fine <laughs> because there's something wrong. Uh, but at this stage I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And then I decided, um, then that friend of mine told me that her sister also went gluten-free. And I thought, oh, maybe I should try it. You know, just give it a go, see what happens. So I did it. And that also shifted how I felt, the energy. That went away. Um, the, the pain in my arms went away. Also, I used to have like this big cyst on my breast. Uh, when I stopped eating gluten and wheat, uh, that went away. And when I mean gluten, that also includes like food processing foods that um, like, you know, even ham, you know, from a package, stuff like that. Uh, like I cut out like a lot yeah. of things and all these symptoms that I had just went away. So this was really good. I was just like, oh, you know, on a high, but you know, I was still drinking a little bit and uh, well, not a little bit, probably a lot. And, uh, and I was still kind of like feeling good, but I wouldn't call that health. And I knew that, you know, I was like, okay, I feel better, but I know I can be healthier. Like, this is not it, you know, like I'm still kind of, you know, going in that process. And 2012 came and I just had a massive kind of aha moment and I decided to stop eating meat like any animal products, basically, which it was 
easy because uh, I already cut out dairy, which it was like a big one for me because I love cheese. And, uh, you know, so kind of like just, I don't know, it wasn't a big, like the transition, it wasn't that big of a deal for me because I transitioned slowly, you know? So um, basically I became vegan at that stage or plant-based. And, um, and I left yachting after that incident that I just told you. And I moved to Australia for a year. And I decided that I was going to be myself, you know, and just find myself and live the life that I really always wanted. And that was like a spiritual life, a sustainable living life and all this stuff. And, and that's what I did for a whole year. I created zero waste, like, like I did all this stuff, right? And this is where I actually got really sick in Australia and I got HP pylori, which is a bacteria that we all have, mm. but if it gets activated, you know, it, it's really painful. Uh, it just, you go to doctors and they literally, so basically I was like puking and I would feel good for two days and then it would just go really bad. And I didn't know what was triggering it. And at this stage, I basically, I became raw vegan. Then I decided to be fruitarian. Then it was like 80, 20, like I've done it all. <laughs> and it was still happening. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? So I went to a doctor and they gave me antibiotics. That didn't work, obviously. Um, and then because of the antibiotics, then they put me, um, then they couldn't do the test again because it's going to come out negative even if it was positive. Mm. And I had to wait for like six months yeah. or something like that for my body to like cleanse. And then they decided, well, let's just give you a one-year prescription for um, like Santac or something like that, you know, like for acid reflex or whatever. That yes. Thing is. Yes. And I looked at him, I was like, no, like, why would you give me one year of this? Like, this is insane. So I said, okay, thank you. Bye. And I really struggled because I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I had no energy. I looked like a zombie. Um, my, my roommate at the time in Australia was like, you look like you're dying. I was like, I feel like I'm freaking dying. And I remember, uh, cause at that time I was really into my spirituality and just like connected and I looked up for some reason, like a Buddhist meditation. And I did this Buddhist meditation that it was basically how to channel through your own pain, the collective pain mm. and releasing it. And I did it and it allowed me to receive the message that I needed to receive, which it was go to a Chinese doctor. It was like loud and clear. And I was like, oh my God, why have I not done this? Like, I know better, but it's so easy, you know, when you're sick uh, to not, you can't, sometimes you forget your, 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 your tools because you're so like desperate that you're like, whoever's going to take you to whatever doctor, you're like, I take it, you know? Exactly. And you're so in that pain that you can't even see the forest through the trees. Exactly. So then I went to a acupuncturist Chinese doctor and prior to this, I booked a flight to Bali because uh, very like eat, pray, love. I wanted to go see a healer there. I was like, I don't know, but maybe 
they can help me because I have literally like try everything else. So this was like on a Monday when I had the aha moment. I saw, and I had the, I had the trip on Friday and I was really scared because I knew that I couldn't get on a plane in the state that I was. And I thought, oh my God, I really want to go to Bali, but this sucks. Like I feel so sick. And I've been sick, by the way, with H. pylori for like three months and a half at this stage. Oh, and H. pylori is an aggressive infection. It's, it's, oh, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's horrible. And, uh, and then I went to the acupuncturist and um, he looked at me. He's like, oh, don't worry. Like, you're going to be fine. I was like, oh my God. He's like, I promise you. And then like he put the needles within 20. So I had a chronic because of the H. pylori. One of the symptoms that a lot of people don't know is that you get like a chronic, uh, like flu. Mm. I had a massive flu for like three and a half months that it wouldn't go away. And it was part of those, the symptoms that no doctor apparently knows, um, which is crazy to think. And then, um, you know, and they talk a lot about like, don't go on Google and all this stuff. And I agree to a certain extent, but sometimes like if the doctor is not really well educated, then you may find better, better information, you know, from real people, you know what I mean? So obviously like people who are going through their own personal experiences with it that might say, listen, yeah, these were some of my symptoms. So I I agree with you. Yeah. I looked for people that had them and they were like, oh my, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I have. I was like, okay. And um, so uh, one of the things that I read was that they had a Matula tea that's from South Africa. So I ordered it, but it, it didn't arrive on time. And I went to the doctor, to the acupuncturist, and they gave me like uh, within 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes of the needles on my body, my, my um, uh, what do you call it? Flu like, symptoms, like the sinus congestion? Went away, like completely went away, wow. like cleared. I was just like, wow. And by the way, to get to that doctor, I had to take a taxi because I couldn't walk to the train. I couldn't ride my bike. I just like, I just couldn't Mm. walk. So I took a taxi there. I looked like a zombie, literally like white, like yellowish almost. And then I got on the table that happened. I was like, wow. And then he gave me all these nasty because they don't taste good herbs. And he said to me, like, you're going to take this, you know, once a day a cup of this for 30 days and you'll be fine and he said to me like you shouldn't feel any more symptoms like mm-hmm. pretty soon and literally it was like instantly i never felt any more symptoms after that visit i drank my tea that he gave me um he said to me if i wanted to drink the matula tea as well like i could it wasn't a big deal um which i did end up uh, adding later on as an addition when I get back from Bali and I went to Bali. I, I actually came out of the acupuncturist. I walked to the train station. I took the train back home. I walked into my house and my, my roommate was like, holy moly, you're alive. I was like, I know. <laughs> and by the way, this cost me 60 Australian dollars and I spent like hundreds on a doctor. It was crazy. So I felt so good. I, you know, it was just amazing. And I, I stopped, I I went back to like just being normal, regular vegan, you know, uh, with uh, not raw food, like adding some raw, but not, not fully because I felt like that wasn't right for my body. Um, And then I went to Bali on Friday. And when I got to the healer, they're like, you're fine. Like, I don't know, like, you're fine. I was like, yeah, like, 
now I know, but I just wanted to double check, you know? (laughs) So that kind of, so that kind of started like the healing process, if you will. And then in Australia, I met a lady who is called Ina Segal, and she Mm -hmm. is very well known for her book, Body of the Language. And she basically teaches people, well, she teaches a lot of things, but specifically what I'm going to talk about is how, what emotions are connected to your physical pain. Mm, Um, Love that. So I got into it and then I did a training with her and it was supposed to be the training for body of the language. And it actually, at the end, she ended up canceling that and changing it for inner child work. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I paid for. And uh, I, and by the way, I paid like ten grand for this. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna go no matter what. And <laughs> so um, I went, and it was life changing. And I'm not talking about like your inner child work here and there. You know, superficial inner child work, if you may. Like, this is like really deep, deep subconscious uh you know this is basically homecoming because that's what that's what it felt for me like I literally came back home you know and and not only my child but also my soul you know it was like like an embodiment like a grounding on my body and uh integration almost yeah so when I did that which was insane and by the second day I wanted to leave (laughs) I was like I don't want to fucking do this (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to go this deep. I don't want to open this Pandora box. Like I'm fine. Cause also you have this fear of like, what is it? What's going to come up? You know, like, yeah. I don't know what's going to come up. Like, I don't even remember my childhood, you know? So yeah. it was really interesting because she always said to me, she's like, what you think may is going to be completely different, you know? And I was like, oh, and then she also said to me, like, whoever your parent, like the one that you have the best relationship with, that's usually the one that you have the most issues with. I was like, no, I don't think so. Um, (laughs) Because I had really good relationship with my mom and I I had a struggle with my dad. And it was like, I thought, I was like, no. And then I realized, yes. But anyway, so I- (laughs) She was right. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that and that was really, really amazing. And Mm. what I got out of that was instant healing of my gut. Like after 10 10 days, when I uh, integrated my inner child, I had no gut issues at all Mm. until this day. And it's been since 2000, I don't know, 14, something like that. Um, So it's been really like that that for me that was like and then not only that because obviously that's the physical part but also my depression went away and that was a big thing because literally like being on boat sometimes i just i had to make myself get up and go to work and pretend that i was fine because i really wasn't you know like i literally couldn't get out of bed sometimes i was like i just literally i just want to die you know like i have suicidal thoughts you know and um but I'm too chicken for that, I guess. And uh, I would definitely say that I, would, I was always like asking for some sort of extraterrestrial being to come pick me up so I could like kind of like disappear without having to like kill myself. Right. <laughs> and, uh, seriously, like it's just, wow. it was intense. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so depression lifted, physical pains went away. 
Um, and then not only that, my spirituality went to a complete different uh, realm, if you may call it something. Like my state of consciousness ascended, you know? Amazing. To integration with uh, soul and child and self. And Amazing. obviously going through that, that was like a massive breakthrough for me. And mm -hmm. I thought, why are people not teaching this? <laughs> like, why are more people not talking about this? You know, because there is a lot of inner child stuff um, at a psychological level, but not really merge with spirituality. And I do have mm. to say this, this was the beginning after, uh, maybe like two years after I had the help of non-physical beings in helping me and they taught me um, how to merge the God slash creator consciousness with the inner child work all together. And this Amazing. is when everything, like if it, if it was good, then it was like, wow, bam. You know? <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy because I was able to live in a world where is duality exists, obviously, mm -hmm. but not perceive it through my polarity lens. Yeah. And I was able to perceive it through compassion. And, mm. you know, it's okay. There's light and dark, but there's not good or bad. Everything has value. And that really I... helped me to be able to um, relate to other human beings and the world as a collective and as a whole from a place of alignment and truth within myself instead of fear which it was really fear slash ego slash inner child, you know, cause she was controlling me before, you know, instead of me. Absolutely. You know, so I basically had to reparent myself in a sense. Definitely. And that also shifted my relationship with my parents because I was able to um, let go of all that judgment and all that hate and all that, uh, you know, like victimhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just take full responsibility for my life. And uh, whether I perceive it as good or bad, it didn't matter. You know, it was like, wow, they actually were just playing roles for myself that I actually asked them for. So, take, I love this. So, you know, taking responsibility for my life, that is what the inner child work really is when you do the integration. And I'm not going to say this is for everybody because it's not. You know, right. it takes, it's not for the faint and hearted, and it takes relentless. Relentless want, relentless desire yeah. to love yourself, you know? I love this, Marion. And thank you so much for sharing that. I know it probably, it was a beautiful journey to be taken on. And, and I love to see, like you said, how it all integrates. So one thing I wanted to ask you, let's just back it up here a little bit, because I think it's important to talk about, especially in relation to Fast forwarding to now this integration of inner child spirit all coming together to your healing process. So you mentioned right at the beginning that you were a sick child, right? So from the beginning, you forged this identity as somebody who was just always sick. I would imagine that the process then of healing had something to do with then having to re-identify yourself as no longer being a sick person. Person. Was that part of your process at all? And what did that look like? So um, I hope I do answer your question. Um, so 
the way I, I don't think that it was like having to re-identify myself so much. It was more of understanding, you know, because I didn't feel I was the sick kid. I was told I was the sick kid, right? Um, the same way that I was told I was the fat one because I was super skinny. Like if you see my pictures, it was like some Somalia, you know, like Africa skinny. But because I had a, a butt, you know, J-Lo butt, and my sisters didn't, I, I was fat. Um, so obviously, you know, people being nice and, you know, joking. And obviously that's just like, uh, it, it's a system, a belief system that is installing you. And, uh, and that's where, well, but anyway, not to move away from what you're asking. What I found was that on my inner child healing uh, integration was that when I was three, something like that, um, I fell down like stairs and I actually still have the, like my, I think it's like the skull actually kind of had something happen to it. So I, you can actually still feel it. And I, we lived in um, like military base because my dad was from the uh, army and the, the MPs came to make to see if my mom was actually like abusing us and all this stuff. So when I did the inner child work, I went back to that moment. And what I realized was that the inner child told me we didn't fall. We actually push ourselves because for us, that was the way, if I was sick, I was getting attention. I was getting love. Okay. Yeah. So this is like the, the, the first step. Now, this is like in the beginning of the inner child, right? And after years after, because obviously this is not a one-time thing that you do. You're continuously working on layers, you know, and, and all this stuff. So years later, I was able to I did go in that process to inside the womb. Um, and in that moment, when I was inside my mother's womb, I realized that my mom was dead. Like, dead, yeah, like a person that's dead. And it's like, I was in there, I was like, oh my God, like, hello, is anybody here? Like, literally, like, emotionally, completely dead. Mm. So I talked to my mom during that week, 10 days that I was in the process. And I said, hey mom, you know, like I, I went into the womb. I was kind of wondering uh, what was happening with you when you were, you know, when I was in your womb. And she said, well, I haven't told anybody this, but uh, I'm gonna tell you now that it's coming up. And she said that she was uh, sexually, well, she was raped, right? She was sexually abused. And I'm not the product of that abuse, but when that happened to her, she died because the only way for her to survive and continue to live was to completely shut down her emotions. Because, you know, like if I don't feel, I can deal with wow. it. Wow. Right? Yes. And this is, I mean, so many things here. I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for your willingness to be so vulnerable here because this, you know, this work is definitely deep. And of course it needs to be facilitated from somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, but, you know, the ability to go that deep and then to have the courage, like you said, that relentless pursuit, it's what we actually, it was what we talk about here on this podcast is to be relentless in that pursuit of your best life. It is ex extremely important because the journey can be 
confusing. It can be hard. And then, like you said, amongst it all, you are functioning depressed, right? You had potential suicidal thoughts. I mean, this was, and, and of course that gut brain connection is so real. Your gut had dysbiosis. You were then probably not producing enough serotonin in your body to then be sent back up to your brain to feel those happy feelings, which then turn back around when we are chronically depressed, it signals our gut to not digest our food properly, which feeds that constant cycle. So, and when you are in that cycle, like you said, to not even have been able to reach for the tools that we know that we have is a very real thing. So do you have any concrete tips for somebody who might be listening to this right now? And maybe is kind of in that journey of exploration, in that journey of you know, what path do I take? How do I navigate these emotions, these physical symptoms that are manifesting in, the, in my body? What might you offer to somebody who's listening to this right now and thinking, man, like I'm right at the beginning of this journey? Right. So I think um, if you're at the beginning of the journey, like I'm not entirely sure what you're, you know, let's say somebody who is spiritual, but yet not, uh, you know, super involved in their spirituality, you know, um, like I'm an extremist, if you want to call it, you know, uh, and, and I don't consider myself an extremist, but for some people, they may perceive it as that, you know, because I live and breathe my, my spirituality, um, because it's who I am, you know, and, um, in a, in a sense, obviously, but, um, I would say, you know, all the things that you are sharing as a coach, uh, with the physical stuff, you know, like your tongue and the reset with the, with the gut and, you know, what you put in your mouth has a massive impact. Yes, there is obviously an emotional side of it because I know, but why am I still plant-based? <laughs> because I know that that also, you know, you have a physical body, you have an emotional body, you have a mental body. And you have a lot of other bodies that I'm not going to talk about now. Let's just, you know, keep to those three. And you have to target all of them. You cannot just eat healthy and avoid your emotions. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, healing is not going to happen. Healing is a, you know, like a coming back to your wholeness, you know, and that's taking care of your temple, which is your physical, you know, in this vessel, right? Your physical realm, your body. And really, uh, and then going into the more emotional. So, so I would say to start with the physical. I think that would be like a, an amazing starting point, which is what I did. And I found it very, very uh, helpful because I saw so many benefits from changing my, and I don't want to say diet because I changed my lifestyle. You know, it wasn't like a diet that I was on and then I was just going to do it for 10 days. It was like, no, this is going to be right. the new me. Like, this is what I'm going to feed myself because food is fuel. So what are you fueling yourself with? Like, for me, when I see people that they eat and they feel tired, well, you didn't fuel yourself. It's pretty obvious. Like, you wouldn't put gas on a car and then the car won't go. You know what I mean? So it's the same. Exactly. It kind of piggybacks to what you were saying about stepping out of that victimhood and stepping into this aspect of, taking accountability for our lives. And it's sort of like what I teach on the yoga mat, right? What do we have the most control over right now? And that is our five senses, which then taps us into our sixth sense, our intuition, right? What are the things that we can see, taste, touch, hear, and feel? What are the 
what are the physical responses? Where do we have the most control in our body? And it really is that it's our breath. It's our, you know, our physical touch on the yoga mat. It's the shape of our body off the yoga mat. It's like you said, it's the, the people, the actions, the interactions and the food that we are consuming. And are they giving us energy or are they zapping our energy? Right. And I think really starting at that point, I mean, this is why just to share what, like what you said, why I offer things like my gut health reset. It's not a diet. Yes, it is a healing protocol, which is important to create that safe container to just like what you said, you had to eliminate the things in your body that was causing immediate reactions and inflammation, right? The dairy in particular for you and a few others that you mentioned, you know, so to create that container within the body where the physical body can start to quiet down and heal. This then allows us to tap into that emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies, of course, that we have as part of us, right? Because it's very hard to tap into that intuitive self, that sixth sense, that whisper in our ear. And, And I love how you said that your calling was so loud. You have to go to a Chinese doctor. I've had multiple times in my life that I could share. This is going to be a whole nother podcast that you and I should talk about, but where the calling was so loud and it was so specific. You have to go to Costa Rica and become a yoga teacher. That's what mother spirit said to me during an ayahuasca trip actually. And then after divorce, randomly driving down the street to the yoga studio, you have to move Mm -hmm. on to a boat. This was right before I got into yachting, six months before I got into yachting. So like, but these This intuitive, deep connection with listening to that intuition, that sixth sense, same thing like with you, Marion, with me as well. My process was starting with healing my physical body, at least starting that journey. And for me, it was same with the gut, my my gut. It was the gut health reset back in 2009 was where my journey started. And I think also when you start eating the right foods for you, you know, uh, because again, there's not a one thing for everybody because like I have a, I have a friend who is allergic to celery. So obviously celery juice will not do it for her, you know? Um, But the whole point here is to obviously find what's right for you, what's not right for you. And, and this is a testing thing. Like you just have to go and check it out. If you resonate with something, okay, let me yes. try it. If it didn't work, okay, I'm going to go try something else. And this is where the relentlessness comes yes. in, right? And that true desire to heal and love yourself. Because for me, healing is loving myself. So it's like that true desire of like, no, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And from there, when you put the right fuel in your body, this mental fog that's always there when you don't have the right food lifts up and then when it lifts then you have all these aha moments and then you're able to kind of listen to your intuition more clearly and then you know what's the next step so for me uh doing you know i share my passion with you with yoga and for me uh doing the physical side of the practice of yoga was a massive thing because it allowed me to start understanding my body more because I became, you know, just go, being on the mat and being, you know, whatever position, it didn't matter. The point was to being silent and becoming fully aware of my body. And I'm talking about literally is my hip to, to the right, to the left? Like, am I in yes. that position? Are my shoulders here, there? Because what that brings is body awareness. And when you have that body awareness, that translates, ooh, 
actually, I'm about to put this in my mouth, but it doesn't really vibrate right now. So becoming so aware in your mat, it's a skill that you basically take out of the mat because like I tell people like, I wrote well, a whole blog about really this actually mat, right you know after I mean? probably like, six months after I got into yachting about really how know. I was so grateful for my yoga practice on the mat because now here I am 30 years old post-divorce thrown into the world of yachting which is a crazy wild ride redefining who I was as a person and how I related to myself and the world around me and just like what you said it was yoga is life right this yoga off of the mat this practice of stimulation and non-responsive <laughs> and being that self-aware. So I love that you also said too that part of this exactly, healing yeah. journey and also this inner child work, right? This coming together of your inner child and your spirit, a big piece of that was compassion. And that's, I love that so much because it's, it's the root of my teachings, yeah. how I operate and of course how I offer it to my clients because it's so it's so easy for us to fall into our habits that our subconscious mind thinks is keeping us safe. And sometimes those old coping mechanisms for the stress and the traumas that we've experienced, like what you said, I mean, as a three-year-old, you don't remember throwing yourself down the stairs, but to be able to step into that compassionate seat of the observer and say, man, my secondary gain here of being sick or being hurt was love and nurturing, right? So we learn these outdated tools of, man, in order to receive love, I have to be sick, right? In order to receive acceptance, I have to maintain this identity because the secondary gain is so strong, right? And the subconscious mind learns these things. So I love... And when you realize this moments you're able to choose differently and say you know what i choose to be healthy and i choose to yes, um, exactly. experience love in a different form totally because i i probably i mean i know that i was also sick for so long because i my inner child was in survival mode constantly and that's how she learned to survive exactly. so I'm unconsciously right. we, we, driving the same car, you know what I mean? Like letting her actually drive my car, which is my body. And, um, and it's not until you discover all these uh, things that you're able to, and I, you know, some people say mm -hmm. like, do you have to do the detective work, you know? And I say, sometimes you don't. Sometimes very clear and you can say, I choose different, that's it. You don't need to know what happened. It's none of your business. You don't need to know. But sometimes there is yes, exactly. that journey because that is where the lesson lies, you know? So it's kind of like, it's not a not do anything and just move forward and choose differently or go and just do super detective work. You know, it's like, well, you know, some stuff you don't have to, but so, and this is where, you know, uh, It'll just naturally, I feel that things come organically to every soul and every person. 
and what you need to know especially if you are willing to be open like you said it doesn't mean that there won't be a layer of fear there right but that's where i think incorporating the help of a facilitator so let's take a step forward here and i'd love to ask you what does it look like then if you were to say right i'm going to hold this container and do this inner child work with somebody walk us through you know relatively you know on a beginner's mindset here imagine no one this person has never heard of inner child work before what might it mean to help bring them on a journey to the healing inner child work that you help facilitate for people? What does that look like? So to be honest, um, I'm very clear on who I'm here that would to be, serve. That would be exhausting. And <laughs> I am not here to serve everybody. That is very clear for me. Yeah, so I'm here to serve the women who are spiritually um, very aware of their ascension, you know, in their human realm and are kind of like in that space where they have Mm. done all this work, but they're still a missing link to really coming back to, you know, what you, a lot of spiritual people call Christ consciousness or, you know, like that next step, if you will. Um, And most of that translate to people that are really spiritual, do all this spiritual stuff, but they still have gut issues. They still have depression. They still have all these physical symptoms, right? And, uh, And they just like, why is this happening? And then a lot of people say, well, it's like all this energy is coming from the astrals and all this, which, hey, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yes, it can happen. But more than likely, it is not. So, um, <laughs> and that's cool. You can you can tell yourself yeah. the story and victimize yourself and play that role. Totally cool. You know, um, I'm not here to judge. But if the person is ready and willing to really love themselves you know I'm, I'm talking about people that are like i am ready to love myself you know like fully and completely and i don't know how that may look like but they are feelings they may have heard of inner child somewhere they may have had some sort of interaction with it uh maybe not profound or anything like that but it's not new to them in the sense of like it's not a word they haven't yet heard of you know what i mean um, and yeah. this is where they actually, yeah, find me, I guess we find each other. Um, so when these people that are ready, they come to me, um, cause, okay, for example, right. I'm not, I know I'm not <laughs> going to serve somebody that doesn't understand what the word chakra is. You know what I mean? Um, I know that I'm not going to serve somebody that doesn't understand energy realms you know because it's just it will be impossible we will be talking different languages we're never gonna understand each other so i'm talking about this is where i'm saying like people that are really spiritual because they're in that path right um so where what does it look like basically the the way i've been doing this for a long time and i've been doing it privately like you know one-on-one sessions but I felt that what that tend to happen was that people would come for the session and we would deal with a specific issue that was in the moment, obviously bringing the inner child and all this stuff. Um, Because like what I said to people, I'm like, 
all roads lead to Rome and Rome is the inner child. Like, mm. I don't care what you want to call it. Like, and I, I have heard this term as well, body with. consciousness. Yep. That is your inner child. So whatever word works for you, it's cool. Exactly. And um, basically what I found was that when I was doing 101, we were just mm. stuck on issues in the moment and we weren't actually doing the integration, which is what my calling is. You know, yes, I can hold space for you for an hour or two, whatever. That's great. That's beautiful. I actually mm. really, I'm grateful for that work, but it's not how I want to serve because I know that the true change is when the integration actually happens. So that's when I decided to, with a lot of fear, because like I'm human like you guys and I'm complete, like I always tell people, people think, yeah. oh, you're so brave and you're always like doing all this stuff. I'm like, actually, I always have to wear a diaper. Like, yeah constantly fears in the passenger seat you know? you're driving but still fears over fear there doesn't stop yeah. me. you know i don't let fear stop yes me. Like, okay exactly. fear, how can i turn this fear into excitement you know because excitement and fear feels the same way in the, in the physical world. so Offering. i decided yep. to close down my one-on-one uh, uh what do you call it practice yeah and I was really sad because I had to let go of, of clients, you know, and say, I'm sorry, but I know somebody else is going to be the one to serve you now, if this is how you want to be served, you know, and, and hold. Um, and I move into actually doing the integration awesome. process, which it is done through an online course now where you get, so mm. it's basically 12 weeks, but I have divided it into two phases because to do the second phase, you have to do the foundation. There's no way you can do the second if without the first one. So basically on the foundation is six weeks where each week you go through, the first week, let's say, is, um, is reconnecting with your inner child. Just opening that, that connection again, right? Because what people need to understand is that for you to be able to do that deep, deep work, like the ones that I have done, the child needs to mm. feel safe. And in order for the child yes. to feel safe, you need to start bonding with the child and having an actual relationship with the child, right? Because for so many years, yes. 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, we haven't right. had that relationship, you know? I mean, you always I love that. It, just just, I would love just to you know? share with you there really quickly. I've been doing a lot of work off, with you know? around meeting my spirit guides. And the one who greets me, who leads me actually to my mm -hmm. spirit guides, is my inner child. She's always the first one that comes running straight towards me. And she's usually cartwheeling and jumping around. And, and it's funny because I've been, I've been nurturing that relationship with my inner child for a long time. And, and I've been looking to explore deeper about what that integration means. So I'll have to look into your course because it sounds amazing, especially too, like you said, for somebody who's on the journey and on the path to a spiritual layer and element of healing, like this inner child work is sounds like the foundation really of so many other things that can open up for people. So let me ask you just really quickly here, what might be one step then to starting that process, right? Like you said, cultivating that relationship with their inner child that we've closed off for so many years. What's something that someone can walk away from this podcast now and think, hmm, okay, I can try this today. Like what might be one tool or strategy or maybe a meditation where they can open that door and get to know that inner child? So I actually have on my website 
if you know whoever Amazing. goes to the Please website they can actually download 12 ways of connecting to their yep. inner child um yep. so i'm gonna share one way right uh, out of the 12 um and of course this is really to also get your creative uh juices going you know it doesn't have to be that those 12 ways like it could yes. be endless uh but at least I, i'm giving you 12 to start with and um so i think for a lot of people it's good to use a photo because some so so many of us have uh blocked our childhood um you know for traumas that happen or whatever you know and and i want to make it very clear people traumas doesn't mean being raped or being hit yeah. or being it's on a spectrum trauma could be right i you're totally agree with your father and he let go 100 percent exactly that traumatized you in some way you know so um so We've basically because like, yeah a lot of people trauma. are like oh i don't have it a could have been that balloon that popped balloon, on your second you know, like, birthday actually, and traumatized you and you didn't even realize exactly. it mm -hmm. exactly exactly so one of the ways that i would say is grab a photo of whatever age you you know are being called to and uh just look at the photo because it's going to start uh, igniting memories and, you know, whether they're, they're good or negative, it doesn't really matter, you know, uh, how you're perceiving them, just allowing the memory to come to you. And then writing out of all those memories that are coming to you, just write a letter to that little girl, you know, from those memories, like, hey, I just want to say I'm here. Um, I know that maybe that you had so much fun on this birthday. Um, I know that it was very scary that, you know, you didn't think your, your friends were going to come, right. but you see like two of them came and they're your besties, whatever it is, you know, I'm making this up obviously. Um, and this is, this is such that. an easy so way So really it's like just having a conversation, starting that dialogue, stepping into that memory that place having that visual cue of a photo and starting that dialogue with your inner child yeah. i love that yeah and you can do it in your mind you know what i mean you can do this in your mind but for some people especially people that are starting to reconnect yes they may need that. that visual uh to that. just get them going you know what i mean to really uh kind of like spark something but I think that that's one of the easiest ways of, uh, you know, connecting. And I also want to say, you know, a lot of people think inner child work is very painful and, yeah. and all that. And yes, obviously it could yes. be, but it's also really fun, you know, because this is the whole point. We're integrating this little self in order for that yeah. self to be love what is meant to you know we are all always child, operating at all you know? ages that we have been right and when we are stimulated by some certain whether it's some kind of memory of a trauma or some type of stimulus our brain will go back to that age and react in the way that maybe that traumatized five-year-old would have acted and this is where that like upgrading that software can be really helpful. So I just want to take yeah. one more step forward here with you, Marianne, and I'd love to ask, uh, and then we're going to ask you about where our listeners can find you, because I just find this work so fascinating. I know I'm ready to dive in, but 
just before that, I want to ask you, can you give us a quick brief rundown? And we'll, we'll have to hop on and do a whole nother episode on plant medicine because I've explored it a little bit as well. But please explain a little bit the cacao ceremony. And you mentioned being able to go to that spiritual place yet staying conscious in our body. Can you explain a little bit what a cacao ceremony is? What is it for? And who might want to get involved in something like this? Okay, so obviously I'm talking about my experience and how I lead ceremonies. This is not across the border. Everybody has different uh, ways of leading ceremonies. But um, so for me, what I found is that cacao, when you drink it at a ceremonial dose, and I'm not talking cacao chocolate that you buy Hershey. I'm talking about ones that have been uh, processed and they're not raw okay. because this is another thing a lot of people the think shell. is raw cacao. It's actually not raw because it's actually roasted to take off the, the thing. But it stops, you know, it ferments, it, it does this process right. and then it stops and it doesn't continue to, to become chocolate, right? Um, so that's what, that's what ceremonial uh, cacao is, where it stops in this process and it doesn't continue, right? So it has everything that the pod, you know, the cacao pod, uh, if you wanna call it the seed, um, all the nutritional value is still intact. Um, so this is what ceremonial gray cacao is, right? And you can find this in different, usually it's a paste or powder uh, lately, right. they've been doing powder, but it's not your powder that you buy that says raw cacao in the supermarket. Okay. That's really beneficial. I drink it every day, but it's not the same. You will not feel the same. So another thing is, who are you buying this cacao from? Because it's all like, you know, plant medicine is about what's the intention behind it, what's the energy. So who is actually you know, planting the trees, taking the thing. Yeah. So this is a really important to make it ceremonial gray cacao. So when you have now this, right, which is a paste, let's say it. Like Hold on, sorry, I just lost you there for one second. Let's just back it up to now you have this paste. Max. Paste. Yeah, so you now you have this paste and for a ceremonial mm. dose, you should only have no more than two ounces because what's going to happen is you're going to get sick. You're going to feel like you want to puke. You're going to get a headache, all this stuff. So it's mm. not good. Now, maximum two ounces, you could get a headache with an ounce. You know what I mean? That's why I always say take an ounce, see how you feel in the next 30 minutes. And then if you feel like it and you feel good, then take the other ounce. Um, and this is, this is ounce in cacao. It could be two ounces yep. of cacao in seven ounces of water. I just want to make sure that that's understood. So what can you feel and what is this medicine for, right? Mm. So what you feel is an expansion of the heart chakra and this sensation of just kind of like, I feel good and I feel grounded is really grounding in the body. And just kind of like in a good vibe, you know, like I, I, and this is, this is the thing, like when you work 
with cacao that has been energized by also the ceremonial person, you can feel it heighten. Like literally mm. I have had cacao where um, I feel like I'm high, mm. you know, like I'm like, wow, I, I'm high. Yet I'm in my body though, yeah. which is very, very, this is what's like amazing because you're still amazing. conscious, grounded in the right. body, yet you're so expansive that you feel high because you're so open, you know? So what I found is that cacao actually naturally um, awakens the inner child energy. And this is where everything kind of makes sense to me of how I actually end up. <laughs> now it's all coming together, right? Hindsight is everything. We can connect sense. the dots finally. Yeah. So what I do in my ceremonies is obviously we work with the inner child because it's just part of uh, what I do. And we also work with different energies, depending if it's a moon, the moon or whatever is coming up, you know, whatever I feel uh, it's happening. So you basically can feel, it depends on the ceremony. Like some people do music, mm. you know, and all you do is just sit there, listen to music and just be with yourself, you know. Um, some people do nothing, just silence. And some people like me, we like to interact and, you know, uh, do other things like um, inner child work and kundalini Amazing. yoga and sound healing and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So it's like a merge, right? Um, so what can you expect? That's what I was going to say. Maybe maybe say, don't have expectations, right? <laughs> Just come yeah, into it with an really. open heart. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's like some people say, I don't feel anything. I'm like, okay. Right. It's not. But they don't realize that they don't feel, they know that they're feeling it, which is fine because they think it's going to be like an out of body experience or something really like, you know, like they're going to feel really high or something like weed or I don't know, some, something else. And because they don't feel mm. that, because I had the expectation of this is what it should feel like, then they say, oh, I don't feel anything. But, yeah. um, and can you have a body out of body? Absolutely, you can. Because the beautiful thing about this plan is Amazing. that it says, okay, I'm opening you. I love that. How deep are you willing to go? But I'm not. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. You I've know, been there a few times. It's like, ready or not, here we go. You're coming with me. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, with cacao, you can really use it and it's legal. <laughs> And you can do it on your own. So you can really start working with the plant because there's yeah. no better way of understanding a plant than to actually communicate with the plant. You know what I mean? Like I, I train people and I always tell them, I was like, Absolutely. I can teach you all this, but you got to sit down with the plant, man. Like there's no other way around this, you know? And um, so I bring a lot of shamanic work as well in my cacao ceremonies. So we kind of tap into that because I have worked with different shamans in South American stuff. Yeah. But, um, and, yeah. and to be honest, just, I probably brought those skills with me anyway, because uh, I remember them. But I would say um, an expansion of the heart, you know, and that allows you to, to be with yourself in a more compassionate way, you know, and just really holding space for you. And uh, yet, cacao, at a ceremony of those, is a liver detox. So... 
Amazing, which will also have its own benefits. Yes, but this is where the shadow work comes in. Mm. Because there's a, so much anger stored in the liver, um, this is why cacao is also used for shadow work or you know wound work or whatever, inner work. Um, because what tends to happen is that you have this amazing experience and you're like, ah, yeah, one love. And then two, three days later, <laughs> you are completely like out of control. Like you're mad, a lot of triggers, uh, you hate the world. So this is, this wow. is, this is the, the thing. This is why I always do integration calls after ceremonies. Because for me, it's like making sure that I'm holding the space and understand for them to understand, like you may have this amazing experience now, but there may be something that will come up later, you know? And that's yeah. only showing up because it's ready to be integrated because it's ready to be loved you know that's yes. really all it is so it's an amazing medicine to do obviously inner work um yep from a more soft place i guess within the realm of yes. plant medicines um so yeah so i have people doing my inner child course who obviously because i have a big tribe that's cacao you know fans and they're actually merging drinking cacao with the work and it's just beautiful um I love it. Yeah. I love it. Marian, thank you so much for all that you shared today. I mean, there's so much value here. You know, there's things, actionable steps that people can start working on now. So if somebody has more questions or they want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, it's been so good to share. Thank you for the opportunity. So you guys okay. can, whoever uh, is wanting to know more about this work, go to bidatribe.com, but Bida is with a B, I-D-A-Tribe.com. And yeah, you can just browse around and see, see what's there. And then also uh, you'll find that I have um, free, I don't want to call it an assessment because it's not an assessment. It's a, it's a conversation, you know, like if you are wanting to know more, uh, wanting to understand it better or have any questions, yeah. you can book a call, a free call with me and we can just have a conversation, like no strings to dash. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Um, because that's not really, I don't think you can sell this. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a service. That's all it is. And it's a service from the heart, you know, and whoever is ready to, and I can be that bridge. I'm more than welcome to, you know, and, uh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So I will be sure to put your website down in the show notes, vitatribe.com. And of course we can find you on Instagram and social media. And I have one last quick question before we sign off. And that's, Marianne, what does the term optimal health mean to you? I think it is being in alignment with my truth. Amazing. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Marianne. I have so enjoyed this conversation. We will have to do it again and talk more about all of the things. I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> of things that we could dive into. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life 
who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health and of course my account, your host, the Chelsea Haynes, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember, be curious and relentless on this journey to health.